Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is the Omnichannel Fulfillment Network with my friend Esther Kestenbaum Prozan. Boy, what a mouthful that is. How's it going, Esther? <laughs> good. I'm, I'm good. How are you, Joe? Thank you for having me. So please introduce yourself and your company and where you're at today. Sure. So I'm Esther Kestenbaum Prozan. I'm Chief Revenue Officer with a company called Flowspace. And we are an e-commerce fulfillment network, which means we provide e-commerce fulfillment and omni-channel fulfillment services through a model that is technology forward and asset light. And we do this by basically federating hundreds of regional 3PLs so that we are able to- Those are warehouse locations, right? Exactly. They're fulfillment centers, right? Warehouse and fulfillment centers across the country. And what that does is it allows us to provide a really highly optimized uh, solution to brands who are doing omni-channel and increasingly want to be very close to where their, their own customers are. And we do it through, nice. through technology and fantastic post-sale experience in the form of customer service and, and account management. So that's, that's who we are. Very nice, very nice. So I have some questions for all of you there. So where you where are you at today and where are you normally based? I know you're on, on the road. Yes. Uh, so normally I'm based in the San Francisco Bay Area, although our company is, is based nice. in LA. And uh, today I'm actually in Palm Springs coming to you from the Etail West Conference. So it's nice after all this COVID you know, era to be able to be at a live in-person conference again. It's delightful, actually. Hallelujah. So, so it's not retail, it's e-tail. I never heard of that one. So it's e-tail West. And where's that in, in Palm Springs? Uh, yes, it's in Palm Springs. There's an e-tail East conference, an e-tail West conference. It's been going on for a long time. And it's it's a lovely conference because unlike some of the very large shows, this has a, a more intimate feel. And so you can have really high value conversations. And and we have been. It's been a very good for us. Yeah. Very nice. And, and one other thing, and I, I want to just inform my audience. So normally when we say third-party logistics or 3PL, we mean we mean trucking. I mean, we may, I, I'm, a, I'm a broker or I'm in the middle, right? Those are the meteors. But when you well, really look at what the definition of 3PL is, it includes transportation, logistics, warehousing, and warehousing is increasingly fulfillment. <laughs> and then it's all the technology out there. And then there's a million special specialized service. So, so when somebody says 3PL, I know many of my listeners go right to trucks. It's in this case, we're, when we say 3PL, and by the way, that has changed since my podcast started four years ago. Almost everybody I talked to was in transportation or logistics. And now it's more and more warehousing because that's where the action's at, which we'll get into in just a minute. <laughs> Absolutely. So- Esther, please uh, tell us a little about you, about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Give us some career highlights before you joined up with the Mighty Flow Space. Sure. So um, I grew up in New York City and I went to school there nice. and it was, it was great. And my career has been really focused on e-commerce enablement. 
And usually with venture-backed and early stage companies in the technology world. So I've kind of been, I've participated in almost every type of e-commerce enablement from mobile ad networks to, you know, the, the entire trend of, of social and local and mobile and, you know, data analytics. And then I joined I kind of, at a certain point, I was always in business development. At a certain point, I kind of made transition into more general management, but always, always through a lens of, of revenue. And a number of years back, I uh, joined a company called Ruby Has, which is, which is a 3PL. It's a third-party logistics provider that has grown very, very quickly. And a couple of months ago was acquired by, um, by Shipmunk, by a, a larger direct competitor. So, you know, it's interesting. And that's happening a lot in this industry. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, um, and I, I just joined Flowspace a month ago. So I'm uh, brand spanking new as chief revenue officer. But yes, you're absolutely right. We see this consolidation happening in the industry. Um, and there, there's good reason for it. And the, the growth and the, the I, I guess the development of the e-commerce network fulfillment fulfillment network idea that e-commerce fulfillment network idea is is part of and sort of rides the wave of the needs that are driving consolidation in the industry overall. Right, and you know we're definitely seeing we're definitely seeing fulfillment consolidation in the in the overall third party logistics space. But when in warehousing, we're seeing it, I think for different reasons. And I think I'm going to forget the names, of course, because that's what I do best. I think one of the, uh, one of the guys who was just on my podcast, Boston based company fulfillment got bought by a retailer. I want to say, um, Oh God, American Eagle bought somebody, right? Quiet logistics. Yeah. Quiet logistics. I have talked to the founder from there and you just were at Ruby and you guys, how many locations did you guys have when you got bought up? Yeah, we had six. So now there's there, you know, the so, so you guys were a big, you were a big player because most, most warehousing companies are one location. Am I, are, am I right to say that? Yeah, I think over, I think the figure is over 50% of, of fulfillment companies are single location companies. That's true. And we're going to, well, we'll get into some of these things, but that right there is sort of a problem because maybe maybe 15 years ago when we weren't doing a lot of e-commerce and somebody says, I have one perfect, but, and by the way, there's a million p- companies in Indianapolis, Chicago, that region that's have for a long time said, this is the perfect place for a warehouse because we can reach 65% of the population in one day. And that was... Yeah. victory <laughs> and we'll be two days to texas and two or three days to california and that was by the old standard good enough right for then it was probably very good now people like esther have ruined their lives with e-commerce <laughs> so but now what i used to say warehousing but now i almost never say warehousing it's a warehousing and fulfillment right because they're old style warehousing well, wrong way to say it traditional warehousing that has supported factories and supported retail that's still important business but what is increasingly important is e-commerce and that that requires more of us what is it more tell us a little bit more of what it requires warehousing and fulfillment esther absolutely so when you're fulfilling it's it's interesting there are a number of factors that have kind of raised the bar on what's required of fulfillment uh, in terms of a same day and next day delivery. 
And it's, it's a number of things. You know, we've always said, hey, you know, Amazon has, has raised the bar. And that's true. Amazon has raised the bar on what on expectations tremendously. At the same time, there are other factors as well. For example, the, the types of items that people are buying are very different. So we were just talking about this earlier. If, um, if somebody had told you, you know, even three or four or five years ago, that people would be buying canned soup or, you know, breakfast cereal or paper towels, laundry detergent, direct to consumer off of a direct to consumer website, we would not have really envisioned this. Right. So that's now happening everywhere. You mentioned the ultimate when we were talking. You said diapers. Diapers. Thank you. And I remember when when my kids were little, I remember my wife saying, go get diapers. It'd be 10 o'clock at night and I'd be going to Kmart Supercenter or Walmart, wherever I was going in the middle of the night to buy diapers. And and by the way, anytime you walk down that aisle in the middle of the night, there's other other people in that aisle. 100%. So it's, but Always. you're absolutely right. Yes. You're absolutely right. We used to buy something and I say, if I get that sweater next week before I go to that party, I'm happy. But now if I'm buying something that is, uh, what do they call it? It's mission fast, fast. Yeah, it's fast and convenient. Well, I want to say the, it's a consumer product. It's, Absolutely. Yeah, it's like the consumer brand type stuff. It's something I'm going to consume relatively soon. It's not a durable good. And so the bar has changed on that, but it's, it, it and so that, One location, warehouse in one location, can't support that same day because we need at inventory close to the consumer. So inventory is moving closer and closer to the consumer. That's it. Three days ain't enough. Five days ain't enough. It's not enough. And it's uh, five days is not enough. And so it's the, the actual nature of the product. And that's that's a beautiful thing. It means that the the universe for direct to consumer products. The, the universe for omni-channel selling has expanded tremendously into basic consumer goods and consumables, but that also drives a tremendous need for same-day and next-day deliveries, which which demand that you have locations everywhere. So, what what we do as a company is we are we are technology forward, we're asset light. And we've federated all of these hundreds of locations so that, first of all, as a 3PL, your world becomes bigger. You can participate in accounts and deals you actually would have been blocked out of participating in in the past. Because you had one location. You had that one location and what could you do? And what the way we, we do it is we actually have a wonderful network optimization tool. So... That's something which, you know, I think every direct-to-consumer brand, every omni-channel brand should avail itself of. Because right now, when you optimize, you're optimizing based upon the list of locations that your current 3PL has or that you have if you're doing self-fulfillment. Right. So given these four locations, what is my optimal? That is would you optimize? Right. That's a menu, bulleted list, limited form of optimization. And I think that whether or not someone is thinking of making any changes anytime soon, it I think it is really instructive to see how do I benchmark? How does my current situation benchmark against how good could it get if location, geographic location was less of, you know, less of a thing for me and I didn't have less of a consideration and I could optimize across hundreds of locations what would that look like in terms of time and transit? 
what would that look like in terms of customer experience for my for my customers and what would that look like in terms of cost so having that conversation and then you know working with us so that we can provide you a benchmark report through the network optimization tool is really instructive and then you have decisioning tools with which to really understand where you where you are compared to where you you'd like to be right Right. And, you know, we know we need more than just one location now just to support, again, this, the, the consumer, the consumer expectations are just higher. And um, talk about some of this, what well, we talked about, Amazon has raised the bar. You mentioned when we were prepping and we were talking about consumer apps that we use like DoorDash or Lyft or Uber. Those have become so much a part of our lives. And when I started my career, I used software. I'm not that old guys. We used software, but it was clunky old software and it was back office. We used it for financial stuff. We used it for engineering stuff, HR. If you want to get paid this week, guys, you got to go in the clunky system and put your, uh, put your information in. Now, if I'm looking, if I'm working with a consumer app, the, the technology platform is front and center, whether it's Uber, Lyft, um, what is it? Um, Oh shoot! Then you know, the real estate app everybody's looking at these days. Um, yeah. Whatever it might be, that's an, another thing that you're not necessarily going to get with the smaller warehousing company. And we, I, by the way, I say I don't want to be pushed to that. If I want to talk to somebody, I want to talk to somebody. But sometimes on a Sunday afternoon when I want to go in, I just want to get the, a cool technology app that I can use. And again, that's not what warehousing traditionally did. <laughs> no, and it, and it's it's more than that, though. It's also the idea that companies like DoorDash, who, by the way, is a partner of ours for for you know oh, five nice. miles same day, yeah. But companies like like DoorDash, companies like Uber, have the other analogy to us is that what they've succeeded in doing is federating you know vast numbers of providers through the use of technology in a very effective way. And And, you know, you know, to play devil's advocate, you know, we hear sometimes, well, you know, this isn't like Uber. This is really, really involved. You have all our stuff. You're our number one cost line item. This is some transactional thing where I get into an Uber, I get out of an Uber. It's transactional. It's not high stakes. And, um, you know, I really beg to differ. <laughs> it's very high stakes. And you and I were talking about this, right? When you put grandma on an airplane yeah. to Cincinnati and you, you tell her to get off the plane, you don't say to her, listen, grandma, when you get off the plane, get into a yellow taxi, right? Because that's more reliable. <laughs> we never say this, right? What we say is <laughs> no. get an Uber. That's your best bet. That's what we tell grandma. So we're at, we're actually taking those those things and those people that are nearest and dearest to us, and we're actually putting them into a car with a stranger, and right, right because because the technology layer and has been and the design has been created such that you can do that. And yes. and so the analogy here isn't that it's this transactional thing because we are this abstraction layer that allows you to interact with us directly and you don't have to worry about each individual node. You you can rely on us as a single throat to choke and a single source of communication with you know a high degree of account management and client success. But at the same time, what it does allow you to do is it gives you flexibility and it allows you to light up a number of nodes and take down a number of nodes. It gives you a future-proofed quality to your business because Let's face it, 
I can, you know, as a, if I'm a, a leader in, in a, an operations leader in, uh, with a brand, I, there's a, I don't have a crystal ball. I know what I think I need today. And, and I think I know what I might need six months from now. But I sure as heck have no idea, especially given the past couple of years, no idea what, what life holds for a year from now or two years from now. And switching 3PLs is cataclysmic. It's super, super hard. Oh, yeah. It's super hard. So solving for that hard problem that says not we've, you know, we're probably what you need for the next, you know, year, but saying no. We're going to provide you flexibility to the degree that you don't need to worry about what you need next year and the year after. It's here. You can light it up when you need it. The world changes. You can take it down again. And, you know, I am on kind of on a high because I'm coming off the heels of our client advisory board meeting, which just happened last week. And the number one word that we heard from our clients, the number one value was flexibility. and. I think over the past couple of years with COVID, what we've all learned is that the traditional supply chain is really brittle. And the constructs that we thought were stable are actually stiff and brittle and break in the wind, right? If there's a slight wind, they start to break. So the new value, really resilience and flexibility, that type of agility, that's the Agility and stability are the same, are one and the same. That's your stability. The ability to not have to switch providers if your world changes up and down, right, over the next 12 months. Right. And, and you know, you get that f- flexibility and that a resilience when you have a partner who can provide it for you. And, by the way, I, I, when we, I was kind of half-joking, saying every every warehouse – on earth will say, well, we're flexible. We, we got agility, but the problem is they don't have the agility at the network level. So if right now, if I was in a position where I say, I want to select a new third party logistics company, a fulfillment company, that's going to help me get that same day, next day, that's going to help me give that, get that customer experience. And again, that, that customer expectation, we're all customers of e-commerce. So we know how picky we're getting. So I want to pick that. I don't want to have to pick a guy in California and a gal over here in New York and somebody over in Texas. I don't know. First off, I I suspect there's a lot of saying I'm an e-commerce company. How do I vet? I don't, I don't know how to vet. I don't know what I'm looking for. I know what I, I know what I need, but I'm not so sure. Each one uses different software. And I say, all right, I'll use three different softwares. Oh no, you need somebody in the Pacific Northwest. Four different softwares. Right. Four different companies. I'm writing. I don't even, that's a nightmare. It is. It's a nightmare. And you can also get into that position if you pick somebody that's got a couple of nodes or two or three nodes, you can, you can still find yourself in that position. So the, the idea that you find, and we, I always use this term that you find somebody where you have one throat to choke that gives you a future proof scenario for your business. And that's very important, right? So if you're talking to an e-commerce fulfillment network, make sure you ask. So my contract, is my contract with you or is my contract with your your regional provider? Am I signing and 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 really dig down and say, well, you know, they can say, yeah, it's it's with us, but then dig deeper and say, well, is it a three-way contract? 
am I actually contracting with you at the same time as them? And then does that mean that if I end up being in five to seven or 10 different nodes that I'm now contracted with 10 providers? Well, that defeats the purpose, right? That defeats the purpose of not having to deal with that complexity. So make sure when you ask the question, who is my contract with? You want one throat to choke and you want that to be a pretty responsive throat, right? With really good account management functionality, really great client success functionality post-sale. Yep. And I'll throw this in there. We see the same model with trucking. If a, if a third party that's getting trucks for me, they don't buy the trucking company. They say, no, we contract with the trucking company. Right. And if something changes at that trucking company and they're no longer, uh, maybe they got sold or something changed there, I replace them as needed. Right. But I'm always adding new. I'm always looking for new ways to help integrate all my network of trucks so I can better support my customers. Same thing here. And I think. If we think about the average e-commerce company, maybe there's no such thing, but they aren't coming from trucking. They aren't coming from warehousing. They're coming from online. Maybe they're fashion people. Maybe they're consumer people. They're, they're marketing people. They're very much technology people. I think when you push them into this world of, that gets a little ugly real quick of fulfillment and say, go, go find the right partner, you made the point. I could find someone with 10 locations. But if one of their locations isn't performing, they're not going to tell me, we'll, we'll, we'll get rid of that location and buy a new one. They'll say, we'll fix it. You guys are in a position, and I, I know that probably doesn't happen, but what you, you guys are vetting a nationwide Monitoring. network. Monitoring. And, and when, the next, when the next, yeah, and when the next big thing happens, you're going to be able to do that. Be, be, be right there. And one other thing, I'll throw this out there. I want, if I'm right now an e-commerce guy, I want somebody with a foot solidly in the technology world because I get that. I'm a technologist. I get that. I want that foot. But I also want a foot squarely in the warehouse space. I need those operations to be rock solid. That's right. So I need that hybrid model. I don't want just the warehousing guy. God bless them. They work hard. I also want just technologists. I need both. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a marriage of two worlds. It's a very important partnership. These are very important partnerships to us. Our relationship with our with our three PL vendors, our, our partners, is that you know basically we we make their world much larger. They're participating in deals and in and and outcomes they could never have participated before. So we're really growing the pie for everyone in this scenario. And uh, yeah, and we're very proud that we're able to do that. So do you guys manage food stuff? We can, yes. Yes, we have partnerships with, there are, there are, we can handle that. That's right. So I want to give you a scenario. So I, I want to sell, I want to sell these tables that I've created. I'm, I'm here in the Midwest. I've been growing. I'm selling through so, some stores. I sell some online, but my garage is at a bursting point and I got a little 3PL and they're doing the best they can, but we're not able to do the same day next day. I'm not, and, and by the way, I don't necessarily always need same day next day. I, but I want to sell more retail locations yes. around the country. But I need to be able to support that, and I also need to be able to. I want to be able to support anyone who wants to buy from me. So, yeah, I come to you. What's this process look like? Sure, I'm trying to get rich, Esther. <laughs> yes. Well, no, the process is that you would talk to a fulfillment consultant with us. We would really understand your business. We'd understand your business in a lot of different ways. We want to understand, we want to understand your 
geographic needs. We want to understand what channels you want to sell through. So you, you mentioned a couple of channels, right? We want to sell it directly on your on your website. Do you want to you want to sell through a marketplace, right? Do you want to sell through both? Yeah. Right. Do you want to yeah? Do you want to drop ship through a major retail partnership? Right. So there are a lot of different channels you might want to participate in. And we need to understand the specific considerations. Are your products large? Do you have, you know, what are what specific types of products? What what is your world look like? What does your cost structure look like? And so that's why you you talk to a real human being. And then we would run a network optimization for you. And and then we would share that with you. So we you would get to understand. As, as I said before, you'd get a benchmark study that shows you where you are today in terms of time and transit, in terms of your capabilities for, for various channels, and you'd get a real solution presented to you that would explain that to you along with this benchmark study. So you'd have real decisioning tools for your business. And, and that's key for us, right? So would that mean, so would you, t- so you say it looks like most of your sales are over here in this location. So we're going to get you some here. You have some sales that over here, so you need some a few different locations, right. and then things are coming into this port, things are coming into that port, right? So would you would you help me? Um, so I've got to truck it from somewhere. Do you, would you help me with that to get it, or do I deliver it to your location? Which how, how do I how do I manage that? Yeah, and 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 it's yes, we would absolutely tell you where you need to be, right? Yeah, we absolutely would tell you what what nodes are best for you. We can we can recommend various functionalities for you if you're if you're just starting out in drop shipping. If you're just starting out with certain types of of functions and EDI, we we're in a position to be able to have intelligent people speak to you and help you into the next phase of your business. Because that's what you just described. There is kind of what I want. Because I, from my perspective. I need somebody who understood, who's seen other retail, retailers and e-commerce companies succeed. And I want to be able to say, hey, look, you need to do this. And by the way, you have too many SKUs here. Oh, you're paying us a small fortune and yes. you're not moving it. Get rid of these SKUs or consider getting rid of these SKUs. And you know, maybe I need to fence it. Do you guys do some of that? We know that you're an expert in your business. We can help you optimize for the fulfillment side. For the fulfillment aspect, then we give you decisioning tools, right? The, these are the number of SKUs you have. Here's what this does, you know. Given your business, you know, now you have an, you have data with which to actually make make great decisions, and that's why it's so important. Yeah, that's what I. That's kind of what you need. You need a partner. You know, it's overused, of course, but you need you truly need a partner. And I'm and I'm nothing against any local warehouses, but I don't think I don't think they're necessarily in the business of of giving advice. They they're in the business of uh, receive your stuff and I'll ship it out uh, the best I can when you tell me to. Yeah. But I really do need advice to grow because again, I'm my my tables. I'm competing against the Amazons of the world. I'm competing against people who are really good at supply chain. I want to be really good at supply chain, but I don't have that resources. So I need that partner. Absolutely. You know, and it doesn't end when we sign you up. It that's just, that's only the beginning because we, as I said, we have this, this rich account management function. You interact with really intelligent people, not only before you sign on the dotted line with us, but mainly afterward. That becomes part of your world. And right. you know, we get to see, we have this front row seat to seeing your growth 
we can see what you're doing. And if the, that should be a partnership, there should be a conver- an, an ongoing po- a conversation that says you're having you're having some success over here. You know, here's what where we think you need to be next. You're you're thinking of going into certain Very areas, nice. channels you haven't gone into before. Here's a good way to do that, right? Because the more, you know, selfishly speaking, it's not just, you know, an, out of intellectual generosity, uh, the more the more successful our clients are, the better we do, right? It's a right. where our interests are completely aligned. We've, we've hitched our success to one another. Right. So besides my business, the, uh, the table business from the podcasting guy, do you work with retailers? Uh, who are who are saying we got to get into the e-commerce game or more into the e-commerce game, or are you working with guys who are kind of native to the web? Tell me a little bit about your market segments, how that works. It's both. So we are seeing well a couple of things. We're, first of all, we're seeing the growth of natively direct to consumer e-commerce brands. Right. That's unabated. Right. That's the Shopify world, the Shopify Plus world, and that's growing unabated. But a trend that was already happening before COVID and has accelerated greatly is we're most definitely seeing traditional retailers who were uh, traditional brands who were selling through channel. They are pivoting to direct to consumer. So that's, that's a very strong direction. And there are a lot of reasons for this. You know, part of it is that the brick and mortar, they, they've realized that the brick and mortar channel is vulnerable. Right. We see it. We've seen it. We've seen it wax and wane. And, you know, it's it's making a comeback, which is great. You know, we 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 love that and we support it. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) But but its vulnerability has has developed and consumer consumer behavior has changed so that they understand that selling selling online is important. But moreover, selling direct to consumer is important because. The idea of channel conflict, which was something that was a big thing in retail years ago, where, you know, if you sold, if I sold my product through Macy's, I couldn't sell it at all online myself. And then that shift was like, I can sell it on my online myself too, but it can't be my best stuff. And it's got to be more expensive than at Macy's because I can't, I can't actually compete with them. The advent of natively DTC brands has really stripped that concept away. And the, the advent of omnichannel as a standard has come up so that retailers now and By the way, omnichannel means I'm, omnichannel means I'm selling it to multiple, multiple. So I'm selling it through retail. I'm selling it through e-commerce. I might be selling it on a marketplace. And when I say e-commerce or direct-to-consumer, I mean from my website. And at retail, I might be selling it. They might be holding it in inventory and selling it in in a brick-and-mortar store and online. Or I might be drop shipping it through EDI, right? So there are lots and lots and lots of channels and lots of marketplaces. and, And increasingly, brands want to be present wherever their loyal customers are shopping. They don't want to be absent. If my loyal customer is shopping for shoes in a certain place, I don't want to be absent there. So that complexity is is real. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, those are all, and maybe you could speak to this. There's a lot of challenges within a lot of, with, with all of what you just described. So 
retail, as we know, has some challenges, especially over during COVID, right? But also if I'm a brand, I might struggle to get, you know, if I'm going to do work with Costco, they're going to say, discount your stuff this much. I was just talking to a a friend of mine who sells to Costco and he says, I love those guys. They're great. But to do business with their Costco, your price is coming way down. And so that's a little bit of a challenge. And then they, but, but also when I move over and say, I would like to sell through Amazon. That's a little bit of a challenge because now I don't get to manage the customer experience. They're Amazon's customer, not me. Now I go over to my own website and I go, now I got to get really good at all this other stuff. Yeah, those are all challenges, right? You lose margin. You also lose your direct connection. You can't continue to market to your customer because you don't know right. who the customer is. You don't have them on your house list. They don't exist on your house list. What's interesting is that in the past, retailers would tell you, you can sell with us or on your own. You pick pick a horse, right? You can't have both. Today, <laughs> they, they understand that if you they want your brand, they they accept that you're going to continue to sell online on your own website and through other channels. And they find other ways to make themselves unique and bring value. So, you know, whether it's with a unique packaging, a unique combination or kit of stuff that is only available through them, or, you know, there are creative right. ways that bring value, extra value to the customer and create uniqueness in a different way through the retail channel. So retailers are still a very, very valuable, very valuable yeah. channel to, to all brands when they participate there, it's just in a different way than it used to be. Right. And by the way, there's, you know, I've said this um, before on my podcast, the lines are truly blurring with all this stuff as Costco grows their private label and Walmart grows their private label. And then all those companies are selling online and you say, well, who are they? Are they, are they a consumer brand? Kirkland is a consumer brand. Are they retail? Yes, for sure. They're retail. Are they are they online? Yes. And, and so we, brands and e-commerce companies, obviously they all have to really get good because these are, these are companies I have to compete against. And one other thing, speak, maybe speak to this. There was big brands who were on Amazon for a long time who left Amazon because they wanted to own the customer experience. And Amazon doesn't, I mean, they do, they do what they do. They're a marketplace, but they don't let you have that that connection with your customer. And, um, and I I think there's also guys at the bottom of the, who probably sell quite a bit and do very well in e-commerce got booted off of Amazon because maybe their stuff is not fast moving enough. Yeah. So there's, there's refugees from the marketplaces to speak to that. But increasingly there are refugees and that's, that's well, well known. And but increasingly what we're seeing is that brands want to be wherever their clients are, their customers are. And so they they find, they choose a selection of, of items that they'll put onto Amazon. And Amazon is almost today, almost like a marketing company where, well, I see the stuff on Amazon. It looks kind of cute. What? Who are these guys? Then I open another tab and I go to their website. So just as Amazon, you know, kind of, kind of uses the brands, the brands do use Amazon as, as kind of this, this lead gen for their PC as well. And the, yeah, the, the great, the, the difficulty really is that if that's all you're doing uh, and there are, you know, we all, we all go onto Amazon. We say, we see things there that we don't see anywhere else. It's somebody's doing only Amazon. 
that's a different kind of business. That's a business that's, you know, moving merch, right? If you want to move merch and that's your goal, sure. But if you're building a brand and increasingly that's what, that's what companies are doing, really building a brand that has a deep connection to the customer, right. then eventually you need a very significant off Amazon presence. Amazon's getting better at allowing at allowing brands to really brand themselves on Amazon that with their own Amazon stores and all kinds of but at the end of the day they're not they're not building their house lists they can't they can't That's not what they're made for. To them ever in the future. So that's not that's not something that's going to become a big, you know, universal brand unless it develops some kind of presence outside as well. Man, this is this makes your head spin. This is the speed of it. And by the way, I should throw one other thing out there. I know tr- traditional direct to consumer companies, Warby Parkers and others, the one of the mattress companies, I think Purple or one of those, are opening retail locations because they realized even though we're native direct to consumer, yeah, we still want to do this. And one other thing I'll throw out there, I've always used direct to consumer and e-commerce interchangeably. But increasingly, we're seeing B2B stuff yes. as going to e-commerce also. Absolutely. And because uh, I th- and again, I think when, when we're at home and I say, I went to Amazon, I bought this, or I bought it from a website, and Presto Bingo is here. They go, why can't I do that at my work? And so that's happening where we see a lot of B2B e-commerce. Yeah. And, and a lot of some B2B e-commerce is, you know, you know, traditional B2B. And some of it is really interesting. It's like, you know, well, there's a hair care product and it has to go out to 20,000 salons. That, that is, it's a B2B, oh my God. <laughs> B2B but it, it very much echoes a DTC, right? Because they're, they're small businesses. So there's even within that, even within that, there's a gamut. There's, there's an interesting gamut there. Yeah. So it is, that you're, the, word, the words you use, <laughs> use are head spinning. And now take that and say, okay, if I'm really, I'm going to do all these things and I really want to be close to where my, my customers are. Even if I've got a, even if I'm a company that has a robust operational team, do I really want to have the, you know, the direct, right? That, that's, it's almost like a trade-off. Either I have, either I have, I keep it really simple and I'm not optimized right? I, I reduce the complexity and I'm not optimized or I increase the complexity and then I, I have a problem because it's too complicated to manage. That's where we are that we're an abstraction layer. It's like we, we're taking care of it. We're taking care of it. You talk to us and you have all the flexibility in the world. All of the complexity is handled. The, uh, uh, the complexity of the geographic uh, range, as well as the the complexity of the channel range that you actually need. And you have right. one throat to choke with one contract with one entity. And that's, that's the I beauty like of it. our business. Yeah. And of course, fantastic technology managing all of it. Yeah. And, and again, what, what's, what's next? I don't know. And while I've got my head down, driving traffic to my site and getting those baskets full and, and sold, online. I want to know what's next. I want, so I, I, and this, this is true almost in every podcast when I talk about, you need, truly need a partner and, you know, you really, it, it's, it's, you need a partner that you can count on. I joke about this uh, sometimes this 
when I talk about my partners, I don't want to date. I don't want to be engaged. I want to be married. <laughs> I want to be joined at the hip because that's what's necessary to succeed. If you're kind of dating and you go, oh, we're dating and they were busy, so I didn't have a truck for them. Oh, okay, great. That that can never happen to me. I need that partner who's joined at the hip with me. So let me summarize some of this the best I can. God knows I can't get all this, but and then I want to get your final thoughts. And I want to hear a little bit of how we can reach out and talk to you over at Flow Space. So topic again is the Omni Channel Fulfillment Network with my friend Esther Kestenbaum Prozan. And when you talk about Omni Channel, it's retail, it's it's retail. It might be the marketplaces like the Amazons. It could be walmart.com. It could be a lot of, a lot of different ways we can sell now. And it is also through from your own website and who knows what's next. I mean, what we're seeing is just an explosion of options for consumers and those expectations for consumers are going so sky high. Amazon originally wrote, raised them up really high, but that was with five or seven days. I didn't care when I got that sweater. Uh, but now we're buying consumer stuff. I'm buying diapers. Don't tell me my diapers will be here in a week. I want them now. Right? So the type of products we're getting are, has changed. Consumer apps beyond Amazon have just spoiled us. We want that consumer technology that we can interface with on a Sunday afternoon. I don't want to have to talk to somebody all the time. Sometimes I want, when I, talk, I want to talk to them, I want to talk to them. We also have this consolidation in our uh, in the in the warehousing space, and that's going to continue because brands, omni-channel people, need better. They don't need a warehousing company that's just good at warehousing. They need a warehousing company that's really good at technology. And I don't need one location. I need a network. That's why when we talked about a, a podcast day, I'm coming back to the network. I've never talked about a network in, when we talk about warehousing. When you talk about uh, your 3PL for your freight, we talk about a network. I got a network of carriers all around the country. I got a network of partners around the country to move your, I mean, around the world for your freight forwarding. Now we need a network for our fulfillment. So, and I should also mention, Amazon's going to open up some stores. They've been calling them department stores, the Wall Street Journal. I think that's an insult to what Amazon does. When they get there, they are going to raise the bar again. And Target does a fantastic job. So I think brands have to realize that this, the bar that got really high is going higher and higher and higher. And so you really do need that partner who can provide that, get your inventory same day, next day, anywhere in the country. Don't optimize to four nodes, optimize to however many nodes you need. And that's, that's the joke of this is that somebody says, Hey, I'm going to figure out the four best warehouses uh, that you need to be in, in the country. Oh, by the way, I own those four warehouses. <laughs> That's the wrong answer. I need, I need a network where I where my customers are. So, enough of my blather. Give me some final thoughts on this huge topic, Esther. You know what? I'm at as as you know. I'm I'm at Etail West today. Yep. In Palm Springs, and I was at a great panel discussion yesterday. And oddly, it was at um, part of the uh, part of the track related to loyalty. And I, I'll give you a quote from uh, Gaurav Dixit, who is at Lowe's. He started off just saying, you know what? Loyalty is great. And everything we're talking about in terms of building loyalty programs is fantastic, but it's meaningless unless you've taken care of the fundamentals. And the exact quote is, fulfillment, the quality of fulfillment is table stakes for, for loyalty. Right. And this is, this is 
Very, very true, right? So if if this is table stakes, at the very least, you should find out where you stand today as a company. And that's something that, that we can do for you. So you can cl- go to www.flow.space. You can also direct message. I'll put a link in the show notes. Thank you so much. And and you can also just direct message me on, on LinkedIn, Esther Kestenbaum Prozan. And I'll set put a link up a there too. Sorry? Yeah, I'll put a link to both Flowspace uh, and also to your uh, LinkedIn profile and any other marketing assets you guys give me. Thank you. Because you do want to get that. Yeah, you want to get a benchmark study. You do want to get that benchmark. Yeah, so set up some time. We have fulfillment consultants who will talk to you. They'll understand what it is that you're actually doing, what you hope to do, because you're trying to future-proof yourself here. Not only right, right, to take care of of what might come up that you can't think of today, uh, which is why you need a network, which is why you need a, a broad range of capabilities. And let us create a fulfillment benchmark study using our our tool, right? We have we have a network optimization tool and to present that to you so that you have decisioning tools for your business. Yep. And and Esther, you said it, it's future proofing because if we were talking and you were in this business five years ago, if we were talking five years ago, 80% of what we talked about wouldn't have come up. It just, it wasn't as relevant. And now all of a sudden, again, put yourself in the consumer, we're all consumers, probably super consumers, some of us. And so you know what you're expecting in terms of the intuitive technology experience, in terms of same day, next day. It's not for everything for us, but people are, what we saw during COVID was grocery stores all of a sudden became an e-commerce topic. Absolutely. I never thought my groceries would be delivered. <laughs> and my, my mother my mother points out in the 50s, somebody delivered my groceries. Now in the, in the 2020s, somebody delivers my groceries. I, I had 60 years in between where no one did. That's amazing. <laughs> Very true. Thank you. Anyway, Esther, thank you so much. So what I'll do is I'll put a link to uh, Flow Space. I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile and any other marketing assets you and your marketing team give me. And again, this the time has come. It's really the world has changed. And you wouldn't work with one. Most companies that have nationwide don't work necessarily with one trucking company. They work with a 3PL that has tons of options, maybe some assets, but they have the technology and the experience and the ability to consult and help you improve your supply chain. I think we're getting to that space. It's, it's different spaces, of course, but you need that. You call it the abstraction, abstraction layer, but it's yes. just above the fray. Yes. <laughs> yes. You, you need that. Exactly. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jeff. Thank you so much, Esther. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support is very much appreciated. Until next time, Onward and Upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversation with experts in the logistics field. For more details, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com or follow Joe Lynch on LinkedIn.